title of the message this morning is Praying in the Spirit. Please say that with me, Praying in the Spirit. Please turn so long to Romans chapter 8, and we'll get to the reading in a few moments' time. I want to say a few things by way of introduction and then get into five points that I'd like to share with you. And then at the end, we're going to end off with three minutes of corporate praying together in the Spirit of God. How about that? All righty. So as an introduction, I'd like to say that I have always had a very deep sense in my heart that it is, listen carefully, God's desire to move powerfully by His Spirit in this local congregation. I have that sense in my heart. You cannot dissuade me. You cannot talk me out of it because I just know in my heart of hearts. Let me say it again. I've had the sense that God, it is His plan and desire to move powerfully by His Spirit in this local congregation. And in line with that, I believe that Choose Life Church has a redemptive calling from God in the area of the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I believe that. A redemptive call. Now, every church is unique. Every church has a particular flavor and a particular emphasis and so on. And I have sensed that God's focus in our context is the Spirit of God. Not that we ever want to neglect the Word of God or other aspects or evangelism or Christian community, whatever it might be. But there's this emphasis that I carry as a burden in my spirit about the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let's not forget, He is a person, the third person of the Trinity. And because of this emphasis, I believe that we should be careful that we do not lean towards program in this church, to being program-based. I want to tell you, you can be so program-based that the Spirit of God is not present But there's a fantastic program. We should not lean towards program. We should lean towards the things of the Spirit of God. But it requires a hunger in your heart and in my heart. Because God responds to expectation. God responds to hunger. And so I pray that God would begin to raise up a new hunger in this congregation that we say we are pushing forward into the things of God. We are leaning towards the Spirit because after all, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's according to Zechariah 4 verse 6. Now, the Bonner Group, you may have heard of them. They're a Christian research institute and they research popular Christian trends and what's happening. And, and they have done so many surveys with literally millions of people. And they say, uh, the question is, why do people come to church? And this is the answer. The number one reason uh, why people come to church. Listen, people don't come for a program. They come to meet with God. I like that. 
When we come together, it's not some sort of religious ceremony that we're going through with a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. No, no, no. It is we are pursuing after God. He is living. He is powerful. He is alive. And like he empowered the church on the day of Pentecost, he is still empowering the church of Jesus today. And individuals, he is still empowering us today. Are you living empowered by the Holy Spirit? Because it is God's express plan and purpose for you that you would do this. And so against this backdrop of a, a focus on the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit that I share today's message, uh, it's a desire for more of God's Spirit in our midst. Let's look at our text for today. Romans 8, verse 26 to 27, reading from the New King James Version. It says, listen carefully, likewise the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. By the way, just to stop there a moment, we've been focusing on prayer through this year. It's our focus for the year. Lord, teach us to pray. And here, prayer is coming out, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. I'd almost like to say you could say through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Five things that I'd like to share with you. Number one, we as believers have a weakness, which is not knowing how to pray according to God's will. Think about that for a moment. Let, me, let that sink in. We have this weakness. We, we don't know really how to pray according to God's will. We, we try our best. <laughs> and it says in verse 26, the middle part of our text, it says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, the question is, why don't we know what we should pray for? And the answer is a couple of aspects, but I'd say it's because we don't always know what is best for us. We think we know what is best for us, but sometimes we misguide it. You might think that that person that you've got your eye on that that is the right person and you begin to pray for that, it may be a disaster waiting to happen. Years ago, as a church, we wanted to buy a piece of ground just out uh, next to Woodlands Mall area, uh, next to Pretoria East Cemetery. And we thought, wow, this is fantastic. We were still meeting in the cinema at that point in time. We thought this could be the answer. And so we began to get maps and look at the place and consider what we could do and how we could build and landscape the area because it was quite steep. And, and we began to pray into that area, saying, God, give us this property. God, we trust in you for this property. You know what? Today, I'm so glad that God did not give us that property because it was the wrong one for us and it would have jeopardized our ability to come into this place, which is far better than what we were thinking of over there. He's a faithful God. He knows what is best for us. We don't always know what God desires to give us. And another reason why we don't know what to pray for is because of this simply, we know not. <laughs> Our understanding is limited. 
I remember a pastor hearing him preach years ago, and he said, the bottom line is, we know not, we know not, we know not, but God does. That's why this reliance on the Spirit of God is so important. And God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are as high as the heavens are above the earth. So are my ways and thoughts higher than your ways. Let me tell you, God knows what is best for us. We tend to be subjective in our asking for things. But God is objective in his giving to you in terms of the request that you make because he sees the bigger preacher. Trust him, trust him. But realize we have this weakness. The Bible says we don't always know what we should pray for. Number two, the only one we can turn to for help in this weakness is the Holy Spirit. Now, if we look at a scripture there, and uh, from our text, and we look at verse 26 and 26, the second part, and 27, let's just have a look at three phrases there. Verse 26a, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Now, the more I learn about God, the more I'm blessed to see how God has got everything covered. <laughs> Honestly, the more I study about God and learn about His Word, I see God's got everything covered. He's not left you vulnerable. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the Spirit to you. And He is there to help in many ways. There's a myriad of ways in which the Spirit of God helps the believer to live a victorious life. But one of them, He helps in our weaknesses. And the context here is in the area of prayer. Also, verse 26, the last part, it says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Also, verse 27, then, uh, uh, yeah, verse 27, now the middle part, it says, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know what blesses me is not only Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. But the Bible says that the Spirit of God is also making intercession for the saints. And that is why you can be assured of victory. Because God is on your side. If God is for you, who can be against you? If Jesus is praying for you in heaven, if the Spirit is interceding, how can you not succeed? God is out to make you succeed. I want to tell you, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Tell the person next to you, you are more than a conqueror. Tell them that. You're more than a conqueror. Say this after me. The Holy Spirit is available to help me pray. And I believe that we should take advantage of His help. If it's available as a believer, let's take advantage of His help to help us pray. You know what happens? Many times, you might be praying for a minute or two into a particular area. You might be praying into, uh, let's say, safety and security in your suburb. Maybe there's been like a few break-ins, and, and so you start to pray, and you start to say, Lord, 
help this guy and, and, and help the police to do their job and open the eyes of the security guards and help us to be alert and place angels on God. And after you've played a little bit, you don't know what to pray anymore. You know what you do? You switch over to tongues, the more effective way of praying, and you just begin to pray. You just begin to pray in your heavenly language. Praise the Lord that we can do that. And in terms of this, we also see in our text today, it says that the Spirit intercedes, listen to this, with groanings, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, if you read that word about groanings during the context of prayer, most of us will say, well, what is that about? I don't really understand about that. Some commentators have said that it is the spirit that is doing the groaning. Other commentators have said, no, it is us that are actually doing the groaning. I would follow on with the latter. And let me tell you, you can be there praying out to God and you're crying out to God in your prayer and you may be praying with some of words in your English language or whatever language you pray in, and then you're praying a little bit in tongues, and, and then there's even groanings that come, and you say, oh, God, God, I pray for my son who is rebellious, and God, and you're just like, mm, Heavenly Father, mm, God, you know, and, you, and it sounds very strange to do this, but I want to tell you that the Spirit of God understands and interprets what's going on in that context. He does. It is an incredible thing. God interprets those spirit utterances. Listen to what one theologian wrote. He writes here, The Spirit greatly aids or supports us in those deep emotions, those intense feelings, those inward sighs, which cannot be expressed in language but which he enables us to bear and which are understood. Can you believe this? Groanings which are understood by him that searches the hearts. I do want to say that there is an element of mystery about what we're talking about today. But at the same time, there is an element of simplicity in the spirit. The Bible says that these things are spiritually received. And the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, it says, The natural man, or I'd like to say the natural mind, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he, because they are spiritually discerned. If a person is in the service today, and they've never given their life to Jesus, some of the things that we're speaking about today would be very difficult to understand and receive. But I want to tell you, when you are born again, and when the Spirit of God fills your life, these things are actually quite simple, quite understandable. You understand them in the Spirit because they are spiritually discerned. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, praying in the Spirit means praying the perfect prayer. Say that with me. Praying in the Spirit means praying the perfect prayer. It is the perfect prayer. Because as we are praying in the Spirit, we are praying in perfect agreement with the will of God. The scripture's on your screen, verse 27, the first part. It says, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. 
May I ask you a question today? Who is he who searches the hearts? It is God the Father. God the Father, the scripture says, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. And so let me say, what is happening, as you are praying in your heavenly language, you are praying in that gift of tongues that's coming out of you, the Spirit of God is praying in you and through you, and God, who knows the mind of the Spirit, immediately knows exactly what is being prayed. Wow. That's just the way it is. Let me tell you, we don't understand what we're saying when we're praying in tongues, unless the Lord gives you an interpretation. So firstly, there might be a tongue being spoken, and there's a specific tongue waiting for an interpretation, and God can show you and speak to you and reveal to you. But on the whole, if we are five or ten people praying in the Spirit, nobody else knows what you're praying, and this is confirmed. Um, by the scripture, which says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, he speaks, as however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Also, just one scripture just before this, which I missed out on, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, it says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Please say those three words with me. My spirit prays. But it goes on to say that my understand, my mind is unfruitful. This is a very interesting scripture. Now let me say, this is, I believe, one of the reasons why people who have been prayed for for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and haven't broken through in tongues struggle. Because... They are trying to experience breakthrough in the mind realm. But the Bible says, according to the scripture, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, that if I pray in a tongue, it says my mind is unfruitful. And it says my spirit prays. And some people that were prayed for last week here in the front for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you that you need to realize if you didn't yet break through. And by the way, there were so many testimonies of people who just began to just begin to pray. Uh, maybe that sound didn't sound too good. But anyhow, let's begin to pray in the spirit, you know. And uh, you don't have to say Suzuki, Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, all right? You don't have to say that, all right? You just begin to say hallelujah, hallelujah, and trust for your tongue to be loosed. And there were people that broke through beautifully, but there were some that didn't experience that breakthrough immediately. I want to say to you, praying in the Spirit is a spirit thing. It is your spirit communicating with the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord for that. And furthermore, let me tell you, when we pray in the Spirit, certainly the enemy doesn't understand a thing. <laughs> He hates it when you pray in the Spirit. He doesn't understand what's going on. But in the Spirit realm, you are praying powerful mysteries which God understands. And so I want to tell you, realize this key that praying in tongues is simply our spirit communicating with the Holy Spirit. Are you still with me, church? If you are, say amen. amen. Good. Point number four. Praying in the Spirit means you become a channel for God. 
Now, our text for today, in the Passion Translation, verse 26, is put very effectively. Look at this. It says, And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But look at this phrase. Look at it carefully. Holy Spirit ministered this to us. But the Holy Spirit rises up within our spirit to super intercede on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? I want to say that again. The Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Now, I want to share with you a Greek word. By the way, I, I know a little bit of Greek. I know a little Greek. He runs the corner spa down the road. Ah, ah, ah. Some of you got that. Now, in terms of this, there's this Greek word, and uh, the Greek word for makes intercession is on your screen. Would you all say this word together at once? Okay. But as far as I know, this is how you pronounce it. Hoop er en tonkaino. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. So... What that basically refers to, it refers to that the Spirit super intercedes for us, or the Spirit hyper intercedes for us. That is powerful. Why wouldn't you want to experience that? It reminds me of like a turbo. Now, if you have a, a car and, um, and there's models where it doesn't have the turbo and then does have the turbo. Sometimes if you get the one without the turbo, it's a little bit of a donkey, you know what I mean? But then the turbo enables it to perform in a far more superior way. And I want to tell you that the Spirit of God does this. He puts His super on your natural and your intercession becomes supercharged. Your intercession becomes supernatural. It becomes hyper-intercession as the Spirit of God is interceding. And realize this, that you are becoming a channel for God. As you pray in the Spirit, you're a channel of supernatural prayer. You are a channel of supernatural intercession. And God works powerfully for, through His people when we pray. But you have to pray. Please, you have to pray. And this type of prayer means that you are yielding your body to God as a living sacrifice, as an instrument. And this is so wonderful. Here, you just stand and you just begin to pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is super interceding through you. I want to tell you, I believe that some of you need to begin to exercise this gift in a greater way. Because there is a super intercession that needs to take place through you. Can somebody say amen? amen? Good. Now, this brings me to point number five. This wonderful gift of tongues should be valued and exercised. Say this with me. This wonderful gift of tongues should be valued and exercised. You see, this gift should not lie dormant. I am honestly concerned for people who have experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit eight or ten years ago or longer and have begun to, forgot, uh, begun to forget the preciousness 
of this gift of God from heaven. I want to remind you, in case you don't know, there are those men and women that have gone before us that have paid a tremendous price to see this gift of the Spirit restored to the body of Christ. They have faced terrible things because they were rejected by people who didn't receive things in the spiritual realm. And my late father, he was one of those people. He came into Orthodox Christianity. It was very just, you know, rudimentary and so on. And then his life began to change as he opened up to the Spirit of God and everything began to change. This little church of 90 people that he couldn't get to grow suddenly began to grow. And he knew it wasn't him. He knew it was the Spirit. Because when the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is allowed into the local church, everything begins to change. The life of God begins to come in. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God begins to burn. It's when the Spirit of God comes. And churches that will not make way, make room for the Spirit of God, will stay in dead orthodoxy. But I want to tell you, God wants to take you on into the realm of the renewal of the Spirit of God. Is anybody getting hungry for the things of the Spirit of God today? Amen. And so my dad paid a great price. His denomination, the Baptist denomination, even began to persecute him as a result. Eventually, it was so unbearable to be part uh, of that denomination that they had to move out so that my dad could p pursue the things of the Spirit of God. And you know what? I today, I salute my father for having the guts and the courage to pursue the things of the Spirit of God. I salute him. There was a price to pay. He sat down with us as boys, the three sons and my mom, after this had taken place when he left the denomination that was trying to control him. And he said, listen, for the next few days or weeks or months, there will be a cloud over our family. But I want to tell you that cloud will lift and you will see that we are following after God. And you know that when my dad went to be the Lord in 1997, Charisma Magazine, the, the biggest Christian magazine in the world, based out of America, listed seven hotspots, seven or eight hotspots of revival around the world. And they listed Pensacola, Brownsville. They listed Toronto. And they listed my dad's church, Hatfield Christian Church, Pretoria, South Africa. It is not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And as I'm talking about exercising this gift, I want to tell you, that Paul, the apostle, he exercised this. On your screen, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, it says, I thank my God, this is Paul speaking, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Would you say that speaking in tongues was a priority for the apostle Paul? Absolutely. The Spirit of God was so powerfully at work within him that he wrote probably more than half of the New Testament because the Spirit of God was at work. I want to tell you, the Spirit of God brings the power of the throne of God into manifestation in your midst. And so I want to urge you that you would pray in the Spirit. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication, and then it says this, in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit always. Another scripture is Jude 1, as I draw to a close, Jude 1 verse 20. 
It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. And then it says, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I want to just encourage you and I want to say to you that when you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says you are built up. Some of those times when you are feeling particularly low, if you will just take two minutes and just pray in the Spirit, God super intercedes for you. The perfect prayer is being prayed and you found yourself soon after that being edified. Isn't God good? Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Amen.